0: Hi everybody in podcast land and also on YouTube, I'm Riley. I'm David.
1: I'm not James, I'm Sarah. Sarah's here
0: again. Yay! Yay. And this is the Carpool Critics Movie Podcast, and today we're talking about Jaws. Spoiler alert! Thanks, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) It feels weird handing that off to somebody, but, uh, but you did a great job. Thank you. Jaws. It refers to the Jaws in the shark in the
2: movie,
1: right? Oh! Oh. Or, is, or is
2: Jaws the shark? I yeah, thought it's because I... people talk in this movie. They just keep <laughs> jawing at each other. Nah. It's what you call a talkie. <laughs> I prefer the silent film Jaws. David, thrilling. what did you think of this movie? Jaws changed Hollywood forever in 1975, yet remains ultimately thrilling and shockingly relevant in 2020. Whoa!
0: 9.2! That's pretty good.
2: This is is the classic of classics.
0: Oh, man. This is going to be interesting.
2: Uh (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. no, Uh
1: Riley?
0: (laughs) Wait, should I go first? I think Sarah. Sarah's next. Yeah, Sarah. Okay.
1: Jaws. Who knew sharks could be so explosive? 9.4 out of 10.
2: (laughs) That was good. That's
1: good. That's that's, that's good
2: because it's actually a slogan. Yeah. It's actually succinct. That'd be great on a poster. I want a Jaws poster with that.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> new job. Ch- sharks can be so explosive?
2: Okay, here's my slogan. 45
0: years after its release... 45 years? Wow! Yeah. Good gravy. The movie that first busted blocks at the box office holds up about as well as a 45-year-old man doing TikTok dances. Uh. They're new to him, and learning them was an achievement, but there's better things to watch in 2020. 6.5 out of 10. <gasps> Riley! But in context...
1: And this is the this is the what did you give it? 9.4. Oh
0: goodness. Okay. <laughs> I said in context like in 1975 I uh, I don't know, but if I saw this in 1975 I thought maybe I'd give it like a 7.5 out
2: of 10. 7.5. Wow. Oh really? I think it's way better. Well, that's solid. Yeah, me that's too. like a B plus. I think to me like 7.5 7. is like a good mm-hmm. Hollywood movie, but this has so much more going on. Like I love that there's like a th- like there's strong thematic elements that are underlying everything, oh. all the way to the end. That being said, I think the first half is perfect and remains really good today. The second half, which relies on thrills and kind of the horror element of it, yeah. is less good.
0: See, that's so funny. I would almost do like a reverse. Interesting. Oh. This is gonna be so great. Yeah. But before we get into it, we gotta talk about our sponsors. Okay. We're brought to you by Private Internet Access VPN! PIA helps you hide your true IP address so you can bypass geo-restrictions and censorship. You can connect up to five devices at once, and it includes an internet kill switch! (laughs) (laughs) Wow! If your VPN gets disconnected involuntarily, PIA has apps for Windows, Mac, Android, iOS, and even a gosh darn Chrome extension. So check it out at lmg.gg/carpoolPIA. There were so many ones we could have done. I'd oh, so slow. We're also sponsored by Manscaped. The best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels including the greatest ball hair trimmer on the planet, the lawn mower 3.0 with a ceramic blade, 7000 rpm quiet stroke motor and even an LED light so you can see what you're doing. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CARPOOL at manscaped.com.
2: <laughs> We're going to need a bigger switch. <laughs> <We're> gonna... <laughs>
0: What was the noise? What was, was that panic. noise? <laughs> it wasn't even
2: trying to be a skill- kill switch.
0: What's so funny is you guys both made <laughs> the same noise. Why did do that?
2: Man, hey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> humans are weird. Oh, that was fantastic. That's the kind of stuff that lets you know there's more going on in the universe than you know. Yes. Oh my gosh.
0: All right, guys, to remind you, uh, before we really get into the discussion, to remind you what happens in this movie... Here we go. It's a hot summer on Amity Island, a small community whose main business is its beaches. When new sheriff Martin Brody discovers the gruesome remains of a shark attack victim, his first inclination is to close the beaches. But Mayor Larry Vaughn and several local businessmen demand they stay open because what about the economy? These guys are basically the anti-maskers of this movie. (laughs) Brody gives in to their demands, but that weekend a young boy is killed by the predator. Amateur shark hunters catch a tiger shark and celebrate, but Matt Hooper, a shark specialist, notes that its bite radius is too small to be the real Mr. Jaws. (laughs) A local fisherman with much experience hunting sharks, Quint, offers to hunt down the creature for a hefty fee. Soon, Quint, Brody, and Hooper are at sea hunting the Great White. After a series of intense skirmishes with the monster, Quint is killed, and Brody manages to blow it up with a well-placed shot to an oxygen canister he threw into the beast's mouth. I guess Spielberg didn't watch that MythBusters episode because they said that wouldn't happen. It would happen. It would potentially happen if it was compressed oxygen. Mm. But Hooper yeah. says specifically it was compressed but air. But they did a lot
2: of other things on that MythBusters that did turn out to be true. Like a shark could break that wooden boat. Yeah. Uh, it could pull the buoys under, but it couldn't keep them under. Oh really? Uh, yeah. It doesn't have enough force to keep it under for any amount of time.
0: See, I think that's so cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, like obviously the the shark in this movie is like overpowered compared to regular sharks. Yeah. yeah,
1: definitely. But
0: I think one of one of the notes that I wrote that I really like about this movie is is I like movies that make the monster, the main antagonist something that could exist in the real world because it's very it would be very easy to make a movie like this and have the shark be like some crazy mutant monster or something. It's like, "Oh, we we're tinkering in the lab and we created the most powerful shark ever." But they say he's a 25-footer in the movie. The the biggest shark we've ever found is twenty foot foot I think okay so it is a little it's a little larger yeah. than life but
1: it's, it's a,
2: movie. a movie doesn't feel unbelievable right right yeah totally. it, this
1: movie still made people afraid of sharks afraid to go in the water yeah. afraid to go to beaches right
2: yeah the shark population after this movie declined by like eighty percent over the next two decades <laughs> because people kept killing sharks what uh, yeah it's I, I have the stats ki- somewhere wait, really yeah they killed like eighty six percent of tiger sharks and like sixty percent of bull sharks I can't remember the exact numbers but. It's a huge drop off in the next couple decades where fishermen would just go to the way to kill sharks.
0: I'd be interested to know whether that was like part of an ongoing trend. Like, oh, maybe, or or was like the movie that point where it's like
2: suddenly everyone's killing sharks? I prefer cherry pick stats that sound more interesting. Yeah,
1: fair. I know that shark fin soup is a delicacy in some places, Mm. so that does lead a Mm. lot to like a decrease in the numbers, but generally speaking. If we're going from the date that the movie was released and seeing a decline, then it makes sense. Mm-hmm.
2: We're
0: bleeding sharks
2: here. Yeah. Did you know that from the book, when Steven Spielberg read the book, he was rooting for the shark because all the characters suck so much? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the case in this movie. I think the characters are pretty good. Yeah. I think yeah, that like I okay, no, th- I, I, I think the three main characters, the ones that end up on the boat, are the best defined and the most interesting in their dynamics at play work. Everyone else kind of serves their purpose and then is gone.
0: Yeah, I love Quint. Yeah. yeah. He's like such a he's such a wild character. He's like singing the the Spanish lady song all the time, he's like reciting poetry and stuff. I loved how eccentric he was. Hooper he, also. Oh, I loved Hooper. Well, Richard Dreyfuss did such a good job. I yeah. feel like I I I haven't seen him in a ton of movies, but I know he's like a prolific actor. Yep. Um, the the main movie that I remember seeing him in as a kid was What About Bob? Did you ever see that? <laughs> no. You didn't see that? No. It's like Bill Murray is this like, he's lazy. He's a bum. Oh, okay. He yeah. hasn't accomplished anything. He's just, he's just like a chill dude. And Richard Dreyfuss is this like uptight guy who's like his family friend. And so he's like taking care of him. He lets huh. him like stay at his house or whatever. But it's like a comedy of errors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's what I primarily know Richard Dreyfuss from. <laughs> and in this one, I've, uh, he's like a lot younger. This was one of the first movies that he first big, big Hollywood movies, movies yeah. that he was in. And I I just
2: thought he did a great job. It was totally believable. I thought he had mad Hobbit energy in this movie.
0: Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> I,
2: was, I could like, see watching that. Like yeah, I could see like a good Hobbit.
0: Yeah, well he's got the curly hair and the yeah.
2: the shortness. Yeah, I love the way they introduce his character where he's at the dock and he's looking for the sheriff. And the sheriff's like, "Hey, go do that thing," and he does it kind of half-heartedly but it shows that he's like not a coward he's like willing to confront people but then when they give him pushback he's like okay you're gonna die buddy yeah. <laughs> you're <laughs> yeah, all gonna die. <laughs> die he
1: does not care I love that
2: yeah yeah I think I didn't love uh, Brody yeah Brody he's okay he's kind of like the stand-in for the everyman I think they do some good characterization so. uh, especially with his son I love that scene when he's eating and this kid is like mimicking him Yeah, and it does such a good job in such a short amount of time getting you to understand the relationship and that he's a good father that actually cares about his family and kind of grounds you in that family, and I think that that's the most grounded that the emotions get is through him. This so. is
0: so funny. I have a, I wrote that scene down as like a complaint. Oh. Because my main problem with Brody is, A, he's just kind of like a boring character. He doesn't mm-hmm. really have any like standout characteristics that you're like, that's Brody. Um, and so I wanted more of an arc for him. Like he has, you can't say he... I mean, you can barely say he has an arc. He starts out—you you could say—he starts out kind of like frightened and like unwilling to confront the towns or the the, the businessman or whatever. And at the end, he confronts the shark, I guess, and like <laughs> Shoot, shoots it. it. But like, okay, so we got five minutes at the end where he decides to take things into his own hands. But that's only because he thinks his other two guys are dead, and he's just trying to stay alive. I think that.
2: That's totally fair. And I think that this movie's arc of him isn't the, what's best served. But I think he serves one of the strong themes of this movie is an examination of masculinity. And then you have like the ultra man hunter who's like, oh, I'm going to kill a shark because I've killed thousands before. And then you have kind of the more feminine modern man doc- or scientist. Mm-hmm. And then you have kind of the everyman, the one who's like in 75 was probably more uh, familiar to everybody, who's like fairly masculine, especially by 2020 standards. Um, but he's kind of a little bit in between the two. And he serves to help them to communicate and have their butting of heads without it being like overwhelming.
0: I, I think I see what you're talking about, but do you think that was intentional on the part of, of Spielberg? I think that he
2: he's designed as like the entry gate into the movie. He's designed as the, the person that things are explained to. He doesn't know anything about boats. He doesn't know anything about sharks. So he's there to ask the questions and have things explained to him. And I think that as a secondary purpose, I think he is designed to facilitate the head butting of the other two.
1: There are also a few like uh, characteristics that he has that are kind of hidden like you find out that he's afraid of water or mm-hmm. he doesn't like to go into Love the water that. And another thing I noticed f- quite frequently is that he's an alcoholic like almost in every scene in the movie He's drinking even when he's at the dinner table and Hooper <laughs> brings red wine He fills his glass almost full with red wine yeah, I and then that. You watch him pour like the other two glasses the one for his wife and the one for Hooper and it's just like whatever oh, six man. ounces That's interesting. I had a
2: different reading of that to me I read that more of like he's so fed up with this shark and he finds out that the shark's still alive, and he's just like, "Oh, kill me."
0: <laughs> well, but- yeah, and I didn't, I didn't notice him. I, I, I didn't pick up on him like drinking
2: in a lot of scenes either. You watched the uh, the director's cut where they replaced everything with walkie talkies.
1: Really? <laughs> that's et. Oh, that's oh, an ET thing. Oh They removed God. all the
2: guns and replaced them with walkie talkies.
1: Oh, that's what? amazing. You didn't see. <laughs>
2: How? If you haven't seen it, go. I'm sure there's like a supercut somewhere. They just digitally removed all the guns and digitally. replaced everything with walkie talkies. Yeah, decades later. Oh, okay. So not like when the movie came out. No,
0: no, no. Okay, okay,
1: okay. Um, and then another thing too with him and his kids, you do see a bit of him like caring about his kids, even when he first leaves to go look at the body on the beach. He's like, "Oh, be careful on the swings." Mm-hmm. Or when his kid wants to take the boat out, he's like, "Oh, just go to the pond instead. Like, I'm watching for the see,
0: shark." Okay, so I I see what you're saying there and I I agree that we are shown instances where he's like shown to be a decent dude, but I think what I really wanted there was some sort of like flesh out that relationship or something. Like, okay, we we get that the 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 reason why the scene where he's sitting at the table and his kid is like imitating him and stuff um bothered me cuz cuz I was like this is cool. Maybe this goes somewhere. Maybe he has like Maybe he's a distant dad and this is, like, his kid trying to reach out to him or something. Or, like, he's got two kids and all we see is them just kind of, like, yelling at them to, like, get out of the boat or get in the boat or mm-hmm. get out of the water or go do the thing. And, I'm like, I would have liked those characters to maybe be fleshed out a little bit. Same thing with the wife, too. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. Um, I think that she's in the movie a decent amount, but, like, we don't know anything about her other than... She's his wife.
2: Yeah, I'd say that's like a good general note in the movie is that it's those three characters are well defined, and everyone else serves to define those characters. Right. Like the Karen in the town helps to serve uh, Hooper's introduction and like kind of create the more the Karen. The Karen. I can't remember her name, but she's like I have a perspective, <laughs> and I think a lot of people share it. You. you <laughs> said, oh yes.
0: You said that slur so fast. You just glossed over. <laughs> it's not it. a slur. I was like, is there is an actual character named Karen? No. Karen's a slur now. Yeah, sorry, Karen. Sorry, Karen's. We love you. Real Karen's. Yeah. If your name's Karen. Sorry. This is this has happened to you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there's things about those characters that I think are underdeveloped, but I think the movie isn't focused on that to maybe its detriment. But I think they do enough where like his I love the scene when they're they're like kind of discussing the shark and he sees his kid is on the boat. And he's just like sitting on the boat, kind of playing make believe. And the dad's like, "Get off the boat, gosh, get off the boat!" Because yeah, yeah. he's like, he knows people are dying. The mom's like, "Cool it, man! Like, it's all good." And then she looks in the boat, the book, and then like there's a picture of a shark biting yeah. into a boat, and yeah. she's like, "Get off the
0: fucking boat!" Yeah, kills <laughs> <laughs> me. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think as you say, we can. I think you can read a lot into this mm. movie because. Because it is one of those, like, early blockbuster movies, it, it does kind of, like, um, keep to kind of that archetypal structure of, okay, there's this call to adventure, there's a danger, and then, like, things progress, and now we have to go out and face it, and it culminates in them actually, like, slaying the dragon or whatever. So I think that because it has that sort of archetypal structure, you can, like, put stuff onto it and be like, oh, it represents masculinity, or or the, the lesson is about, you know, duty versus acquiescing to Mm -hmm. people's demands or whatever and but I I didn't really when I was watching it I think the reason that I gave it a 6.5 is because none of that stuff really spoke to me like Mm. I think afterwards I can go back and think about it and be like oh I'm gonna analyze this and find the meaning but while watching it I didn't have any sort of emotional investment on on in those themes
2: I think for me the kind of theme I was most invested to in the movie and this is why I think I like the first half better is kind of the criticism of capitalism and like, okay. Americanism in general right. where I mean like it's very clear the mayor and the shop owners are like you can't close the beach like this is when we make money right like it doesn't matter how dangerous it is like we just have to reopen the we economy have to reopen it and like <laughs> I love the shots when everyone is arriving for the long weekend in the town yeah and like it's like especially with the context of COVID seeing all these people flood into the town you're like this is so bad (laughs) this is awful side note like as as during COVID
0: that has been really interesting watching any movie or TV show where there's a bunch of people in close proximity yeah you just
2: like cringe a little you're like you're like (laughs)
0: "Ooh, no get away
2: yeah so I think no no I, I, I like that and like I love the town meeting like I was saying with the Karen where they're all like... Wait, okay, I still don't know who you mean by the character. It's the the middle-aged lady with the curly hair. I can't remember her name. She's the wife of one of the owners, shop owners, I think.
0: But w- wasn't she saying we should close the beaches?
2: No, she was saying... Oh, Wait, who beach. are you talking about? I don't know. Who cares? Everyone wants the beaches open. They are all upset. Like, you hear the person shout out. So they're like, okay, we're just closing it for 24 hours. And they're like, 24 hours? That's like three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what does that mean? I think it's just that... And that 24 hours or 48 hours or whatever we would make what we normally make in three weeks. Oh I, see. I think that's what it means. Right.
1: Also with that being said when all the shop owners are there talking about how they want to keep the beaches open for their own profit I thought it was really interesting how when Hooper arrived he told everybody like when there was the nine people on the boat and Chief Brody was like can you tell them to get off and so he went over and was like hey it's not safe whatever um, and they were like oh get out <laughs> yeah. of here and then Hooper asks like okay can you at least recommend a restaurant or a hotel I can go to <laughs> and they say Just walk down the street yeah it's Like the whole point of you trying to catch the shark Is for your businesses right but you're not yeah. Going to take the time to like promote them totally. Yeah
2: fair enough yeah, And I think that they serve as a Good image of like capitalism where like you put Money people will be there and they'll risk their lives For money and I right. think that, like the shark I don't I want to ask you guys like what do you Think the shark represents. Do you think it's like just a shark or do you think like it's the evils Mm. of something? Like is there a bigger image behind the shark? This
0: is this is kind of what I'm talking about. Mm. Where like watching the movie and like I you know, maybe I just wasn't going in thinking that this is like a deep thing to be to be analyzed. Maybe I just went in being like, oh I know this is the first blockbuster movie and it's about a big shark wreck and stuff. So maybe I didn't think about it. But like watching the movie, I don't know. I, I just feel like there wasn't a ton of cues indicating that the shark really meant anything other than external danger that we must overcome.
2: Totally. I totally agree. And I think it's supposed to be nondescript danger that we have to overcome. And then you see how a town faces it. And it's very realistic in the town being like, money first. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, yeah, when it's it's approaching it that way, it really works. But once it becomes a monster movie about masculinity and we get to see how masculinity faces this threat uh which is a shark in this case but could be anything that's when i think the movie is less interesting to me if it had focused on one of the themes which i think capitalism is stronger yeah i think that would be a better movie you
0: know i think that's where that's my issue here there are a bunch of themes to be found in this movie like business priority versus the greater good or like masculinity or uh duty versus acquiescence or whatever Mm. but all of those themes are kind of like relegated to very small portions of the movie, Mm. and then they're not really like expanded upon later. Like the whole capitalism arc, if you could call it that, we're calling it a capitalism arc, but I have something to say about that later, but (laughs) that whole arc kind of ends, right? when he he goes and like hey look we got to close the beaches all right? Yeah. right you'll be you look think of it from from a business standpoint it it makes more sense business wise all right and he's just like okay fine and he like okay so that arc's over and then we go over to 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 hunt the shark in the sea or whatever i just and so that happens with all the themes like his little thing with the the little thing with his kid like okay is that something is that is that something to be said about fatherhood about protecting his own kids maybe he maybe he's like He's looking forward to having such a good time in the summer that he doesn't think about how his kids are doing or something There was so so much potential to dive deeper on a number of these topics But they don't spread out throughout the whole
2: movie Yeah, I think not every character has to serve a thematic reason I think his family serves the purpose of grounding him in this town and the danger of it where it's not just him And if he's out of the water, it's fine yeah. He has stakes that are extensions of him that now can be eliminated like when his kid almost gets eaten by the shark uh, you care a lot more because it's the character you, you care about, and it's also the character that you care about cares about character. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I would also like to say that because of, like, the divide in themes... This movie almost felt like two individual movies Mm -hmm. to me. Mm. The first part where they're all facing the shark and the havoc that it's wreaking on the town and the city. And then the second part of the movie where they're on the boat and they're actually hunting the shark. Right. It didn't like it was cohesive, Mm -hmm. I would say, but it still felt like two individual movies to me.
0: I wrote down that I thought that was kind of cool. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't like the fact that the themes are split up, like Mm -hmm. we've been saying, but once it kind of got out of the town, and then they were on the boat heading out. I was kind of like, "Oh, this is like a this is like a voyage." Totally, kind of b- like
2: Moby now. Dick esque.
0: Yeah, now now it's like the crew is going out there on the on a voyage to slay the monster. I was like,
2: "Oh, that's kind of cool." Can you imagine spending that much time with those like two other dudes on that small of a boat?
1: Oh man, kill, I mean, kill me.
0: <laughs> I've gone on sailing trips on like a little sailboat with my f- three brothers and my Ooh, dad. That's a lot. So. No, and there were some arguments. <laughs>
2: <laughs> One bed. Things came to a head a few yeah, times. Yeah, I can imagine.
1: <laughs> um, Cinematography-wise, mm. I really loved the shot when they were leaving the dock, and it was shot through the jaws oh, of yeah. the shark. I was like, that is so smart. Like They're going to get the shark. And It's just a it's slow sh-
2: pan of the boat, yeah. and then the boat passes through an open jaws from his house, because he has all the jaws in his house. And it's just a great simple shot. This movie, in general, is excellent at visual storytelling. You can really see Steven Spielberg coming into his own because he had made two movies for this: Duel, which is pretty good, and another TV movie that I never watched.
0: That might have. I'm not sure whether I missed that shot or whether it wasn't in the version I was watching. Where did you guys watch it? I
2: watched it. It was. It is PG. They just replaced the teeth with walkie talkies. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, where did you guys watch it? Uh, Plex, I think. Amazon Prime. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> Wait,
0: is it, it was on Amazon Prime? Yep, free. Oh, dang it. <laughs> <Bobby>? <laughs>
1: Did you pay for it? I got it? it
2: on Google Play. <laughs> eh, I have Amazon Prime. It's okay. Um, but yeah, but so yeah, this movie does a lot of visual storytelling. It's one of the, it's not the first use of the Vertigo shot. The first use of the Vertigo shot is from Vertigo where it's a shot of the stairs and then it pulls... The camera it zooms out and pushes forward so that it makes the yeah. stairs look bigger without changing the perspective or AKA, like changing the angle
0: A.K.A. Zoom Dolly
2: Exactly, yeah. and th- that's happened since like in movies like Jules and Jim's or Marnie or the samurai like French films are kind of more smaller films, but they actually Didn't really serve the same purpose that they do in this movie of this like immense realization when it's a mm. shot of Hopper on the beach Do you think that's why he's called Hopper in uh, Stranger Things?
1: You mean Chief what? Brody? Chief?
2: Brody, oh yeah <laughs>
1: Yes, sorry, David. The
2: Chief of <laughs> Believes is called Hooper in this movie. Do you
1: think that's why the Chief of is called
0: Hopper? in think they Are completely unrelated. Uh,
2: I don't know. Oh yeah, Anyway, well, no, they're not unrelated. So Spielberg, yes. Yeah, anyway, so yeah. Uh, but I love the way they use in this movie to make it like like a realization where it just stretches out the space and it makes like that close up on him so much more powerful. And that's now a shot that's been replicated for that purpose, right? Hundreds of times since. And like there's so many other good examples. Like that, when that, you're in the ocean, you never see the land. It's very particular. Mm. They built the house uh, that they that oh, fuck, what's his name? Brody? But <laughs> Hopper. Brody. 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 Brody's house is built was built for this shoot. They had to they had there was an empty lot and they had to build the house and tear it down and return it exactly how it was with all the litter and everything. First uh, they
0: built it on sand, but then it washed away.
2: <laughs> and Jesus said, There's only one set of footprints. <laughs> Uh, and Jesus said, build on rock next time, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Big wolf came too. Um, but so they built that house and it's designed so that from every angle, every window, all you can see is like ocean. And it's like, oh. it really helps to serve that like the shark is ever present in his life, even when he goes home. And I love stuff like that. The or shark
0: like, could be the ocean. If this is Moana.
1: Um, they really used that uh, cheap Brody's house was on the water Because right at the beginning there's that shot After the girl gets killed In the water which by the way that scene Was terrible oh man no, not great.
0: <laughs> Yeah let's talk about that after
1: um, It like the camera Stays there while she's like Submerged and it's just quiet and then it like Pans back and you see Brody standing In his house looking out at the water yeah. Beautiful yeah
2: it's a great shot Yeah that that first oh. kill Oh, not oh. super effective anymore. Rough. It feels like that she's... whole
0: scene is like the lighting. Yeah. Did you guys notice that? Yeah. Yeah. They shot that at like two different times or something, well, yeah, and it doesn't mesh well night. at all. Yeah, they the... shot one of them at night and one during the day and yeah.
2: darkened it. Is it just me or does everyone in the seventies look like a serial killer?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like, I was
2: like at that party. I'm like, that is not somewhere I want to be. <laughs> like for sure, I would get eaten.
0: Oh my gosh. But yeah,
2: like so she's she takes off her top. You get your obligatory eighties or seventies boobs. Uh, she goes in the water. Wait, and then, so were, were there boobs in your version? Yeah. Yeah. See,
0: mine didn't have... There we go. That's the difference. <laughs> Return it.
2: <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> but she goes in the water, and she's swimming, and it's all good. And the other dude's too drunk. He passes out on the beach. And the way she gets, like, yanked side to side, I think yeah. that's effective. But she doesn't look like she's in pain, really. Like, what's the shark doing? Oh, really? Is it, like, shoving her around? Like, a sh- I don't think a shark would be, like...
0: I don't know. It just seems you so... You didn't think it looked like she was in pain? No, I, felt, I wrote down. I was like, "Ooh, this is rough. Uh, she's
2: just screaming the whole time. I, yeah, I don't know something about it doesn't quite connect for me where I'm like, and maybe it's just because I'm watching it critically, but it didn't feel like there was a shark chomping at oh, her no. or ripping her around. No, for it was sure. like okay like they had to build up the tension by having her yank scream yank scream right. and eventually she gets chomped but I think I think that oh good
1: yeah it was just so bad yeah. <laughs> like watching it I'm like is there a shark here <laughs> or is she just like attached to a thing that's like moving her back well, and yeah, forth you know for, for a... people
0: who gave this movie over nine you guys are coming up with a lot of reasons not to like it
1: it was a good movie it's a crazy <laughs> movie and like, I think it's a good
0: movie too but I think I was gonna say about that initial scene I knew that like that's not what sharks do like, they don't grab you and then, like, drag you around in a circle or something, you know? Yeah. It's like, they'll, like, drag you under or take yeah. a bite and swim away. But, like, I, I, just just seeing her, I don't know. I think she did a great job, the actress. Oh, for sure. Because I was like, Wah! I was just like, ah,
2: yeah. no, your leg is being eaten alive. I think there's more effective shark kills. Like, the one where the kid gets bit and the blood's just pouring out. Yeah. I don't know if you might not have seen that version. You need to watch the, like, yeah. dark Wait, version.
0: No when the kid gets... And,
2: like, the... So it's like a young kid, probably like 10 or something. I see the, the there's a bunch, and there's blood a bunch of blood. There's a bunch of blood. That one, I was like, oh, that's scary. Or I think the best. The kid, even, especially because it's a kid. Totally. It's I wrote awful. down, I'm like,
0: no, not the kids.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's funny. It's funny how kids and, well, I mean, kids make more sense. But and the, the dog. The dog, yeah. You don't, even, you don't even see the dog go missing. You yeah. just see the stick and yeah. the guy calling for him. they show the guy playing with the dog and I'm like
0: I wrote down I'm like they're not gonna kill this dog
2: no way way. didn't show it thank goodness but I think the best moment of the shark in the entire movie is when uh, it's what's the sheriff's name again Brody Brody. when it's (laughs) when it's Brody's kid on the sailboat with his friends and then the, the random dude sails up and he's like get away get away Uh, And then the boat flips over, and it's an overhead shot with the overturned boat, and you see the shark under the water, but it's an overhead shot. That was so effective because, like, that shark isn't that convincing when you see it in close up. It's like pretty good. Right. But when it's under the water, oh man, that shot, I was like, oh, that's a real shark. It just
0: plays on, you know, I never even saw this movie as a kid. But every time I jumped into like an open body of water, I would immediately just like look down and just be like, "Totally, okay, don't, don't
2: look down, don't look down. Like I'd have to like look up or else I would just get freaked out. Yeah. I wonder how much cumulative trauma Steven Spielberg has created because of this movie.
1: Uh, No one
0: knew about shark attacks before Jaws. There
2: was none. (laughs) There was none. Uh,
1: With the kid dying in the water as well, the part that really got me was when the float um, came up on shore and the mom saw it mm. and then you just hear in her voice like the sadness I was yep. like I might actually cry oh. and I don't cry at movies But this yeah. one this might get me totally. and well
2: I think that does a good job this movie of not just being shocking where it's like I think a lot of horror movies would just kill the people and you'd be like
1: oh dang This movie
2: does a really good job of kind of like bringing you through a range of emotions that are all escalating towards this one goal Yeah, and sometimes paying it off where people will die or you'll see the attack and sometimes not and it. I think that it does such a good job like directing your feeling. Mm. And I, that's what I think it nails more than anything.
1: Even <sighs> during the beginning of that, uh, they show different characters going into the water. Right. And as the viewer, you're like, which one is going to get eaten? Because you know somebody's <laughs> going to get munched. Yeah, yeah I,
0: I don't know. I mean, I get what you're saying. But I think that that sort of like bringing you on the journey, like making you feel these emotions, I, I didn't feel it so much. Because maybe I was confused about what kind of movie this was going in. Like, I went in thinking this was like a slasher, thriller, horror thing. Um, but only the 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 first girl dies, the kid dies, the dog dies, and that's it. Oh no! And then the other guy dies in the in the pool, and yep. then Quint dies. Yep. But I I I expected I expected those those last two were almost like tangential. Like Quint dying is obviously a big thing, but like. I expected there to be more kind of like, I don't know, people die in every three seconds or something. That's what I was expecting. And then the movie just kind of goes from that into like uh, an action adventure and then the nautical voyage. And it's like, I don't know. I just didn't know how to feel.
2: That's fair. And like, it's hard to like categorize this movie into a genre, like probably primarily is horror, but it's not like, it doesn't even think I would call it horror primarily because it's adventure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. And that's something I kind of like about it is that even though it's the defining blockbuster the first like movie to make up past 100 million dollars in movie mm. r- studio or theater rentals uh, it is not what we have all the time today like if jaws came out today it'd still be a cool movie like different from every other hollywood movie that we're getting
0: mm. i want to go back to cinematography for a, for a quick second because we we're talking about yeah. that beach scene we didn't mention all those um all those wipes there's like there's like a couple minutes where it's just there's a cut uh-huh. hidden by wipes of people walking across the camera lens every like two seconds. Mm-hmm. It's like back to the to the shore, to the, shore, to the, the beach, beach, to yeah. the shore, to the beach. And I was like, whoa, this is like really effective because I feel like people who aren't like looking for that maybe wouldn't see that. And oh, that, totally. would, that would kind of create that sort of feeling of suspense in them. Oh, totally. But that scene for me is the height of the cinematography in this movie because mm. they got those wipes. They got the dolly zoom. They got the you know the pandemonium of yeah. all the crazy people like coming back from the beach and th- that's that's brilliant. It really brings you into the moment there. But other than that, I feel like I wasn't blown away by the cinematography.
2: I think Steven Spielberg movies aren't generally defined by their cinematography. Like I've heard him described as an invisible filmmaker, and that's mm. a skill is that he's leading you and he's directing your eye without making it known that he's doing that Mm. and I'd say that Jaws is an example of that where he's not trying to be like hey look at the cinematography but he's choosing very effective shots and moments and feelings uh like for example like I always criticize blocking in bad movies there's one moment of blocking in this movie that I think is brilliant beyond anything I've seen in a long time Mm. and it's a scene when the mayor and the other business people approach Brody yes uh (laughs) Got the name right. (laughs) Uh, So he's about to step on the ferry, and then they all rush him. And so you get this immediate feeling of like, okay, they're they're on him. And then the door closes behind him, and the Mm. boat starts moving. And you get this insane sense of like, they're really cornering him. And it's totally such a brilliant use of like the setting, where there there would be ferries, but also like just choosing to have him backed against the rail with them speaking at him, with the framing the way it is, where he's totally cornered. And like he does stuff like that, where you're not like oh, sweet, that's like a three-minute-long steadicam shot. But he very intentionally chose that to give you a specific mm. feeling and to lead you into uh, accentuating what they're saying.
0: Now, that's very effective. I think I think you're right. I think I didn't notice the shot so much in that moment, but I do remember thinking in that moment, oh, man, they got him cornered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was totally. very effective, clearly. Totally. Um, do you guys think that, I mean, you say that Spielberg was like very intentional with all his shots and stuff, but I think one of the things I, I thought I noticed about this movie was how kind of... I don't know, it seemed kind of haphazard. Some of the some of the choices where he would just kind of cut to like random people doing something and th- there 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 seemed to be a lot of moments in the movie where we just felt like embedded in this scene that was happening and it wasn't really like I didn't really feel like I was being taken on this like very specific emotional roller or uh, track that the director wanted me to be taken on. Like especially on the boat, I feel like I I noticed that a lot when they're on the orca yeah, there's just a lot of shots, just like that are that go on kind of long too, where like maybe the actors end up kind of improvising, like it seems like they're ad-libbing a bit, For and it's sure. just like a
2: long shot. There's a lot of like making it work because they actually went to real water; they didn't shoot this in a studio like most movies would have done. And that's right. one of like the breakthrough things that they did in this movie is they invested the time and money into actually shooting on a location. Mm. Uh, and so I can I can totally agree where and I think it's just technical limitations of the time where it's hard to right. shoot on water they went way over time way over budget because like shooting on real water is super hard I was wondering
0: as well whether that was like whether that was like a contextual thing like mm. oh that was just kind of how they shot in the yeah. 70s like there was less of a I want the audience to feel this exactly and, and
2: yeah. I think there's still those like moments of Spielberg brilliance like uh I think one of the most effective moments on the boat is when brody is like just so it's a pretty small boat and he's like trying to get from the front to the back and he's like walking and then it's just a close up of his feet and it slips. Oh, yeah. And you're like, I was like, ah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like such a quick no. second. And you you, it's a good setup because like I think another director would have sh- done it in like a close up and had like pulled out that moment more. where It's like his face being like. <gasps> yeah, um, but I yeah. like that. It's just the feet because you really feel it. You feel that slip. And then later when it, again, he slips in a wide shot, you feel it again and you've, you're kind of trained to feel it. And so I think he's still doing those like smart director things. Mm. even though it's definitely more limited because of the scope of the shooting.
1: That's one thing I really love about Spielberg and things that I've noticed in his movies is that he very much bases his cinematography around the plot, Mm. uh, less so than trying to make it look good. Mm. Um, Also... With scenes being carried out, in the beginning, I would say a lot of scenes that felt longer were to help you anticipate something bad happening, mm. but on the boat, I definitely felt that there were scenes that were too long.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Because it was so confused The tone was so confusing to me in that last act. Yeah. Because, like, he, the, the shark attacks, and then... You think they're in dire straits, and then the shark goes away, and he's away for a while, yeah. and they don't even seem that scared, really. They're just kind of like, "Oh, where is he? Oh, he's over there now." Yeah. And then he comes back and, like, you know, damages the boat, and it's like starting to leak, and they're like, "Oh no!" But then they're just kind of like, "Oh, well, we're gonna get the shark eventually." Like, <laughs> I'm yeah, just I think, like
2: I think, are you in are you in dire straits or not? If you were to remake this movie in 2020, which they should not do, but I think what you would do is you would oh, have gosh, m- can you imagine? Stop. Um, you would have like multiple boats go out. And then the shark is picking them off and like that's the escalation whereas right. this I think it was they just I mean I think this is a better story but I think for the thrill of it to have that visual of these boats going down and people dying mm. would have helped to like raise the escalation and then you have a mega giant dinosaur shark come and eat the little shark and then you really <laughs> raise the scales.
1: I have a question. Okay. So at the end when Quint is driving the boat full force and he burns out the bearings mm. And something explodes in the bottom and he comes back up. I know he mentioned during his speech on the boat about his um, past life in the army. He says he'll never wear a life jacket again, Mm. um, which we can talk about later. But he grabs life jackets for the other two and comes back up and the boat kind of looks like it's sinking a bit. But then, right after that, they cut to the scene of them putting together the shark cage. And I'm like, is the boat sinking? Is the boat not sinking? Did they skip something? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Boats sink
2: really slow. Like, in movies where it's, like, actually, like, it's, like. No, it, it takes a long time. And they,
0: <laughs> you mean they don't like start flat and then turn completely ninety, <laughs> 90 degrees degree and go yeah. down
2: vertically? No, that's only oh. the Titanic. Does yeah, that. and so I mean, I'm not. <laughs> a, I don't know exactly, but that that felt more realistic. We're like, there's still a lot of air in a boat, and like it's made to yeah. float. So even if you punch her a hole, it takes a long time for it to go under. See, so, like, but on car.
0: and some things I want realism, and other things I want cinema, cinema, <laughs> because <laughs> I said I was annoyed by the fact that like. If he shot that oxygen canister, it probably wouldn't explode. But this is—I I feel like the boat sinking so slowly just really undercut the suspense of the, of the the whole act. Really, like things like that. Not—I mean, the boat wasn't sinking the entire time. But like things like that, where I'm just kind of like, what what is the urgency here? It seems like they're chill, even when the boat was like going down.
2: They seemed kind of chill. Oh, he, yeah, he just climbs up, and he, like, lies down as it's yeah. going down. <laughs> and like, yeah. the shark
1: is, like, coming at him, too. Yeah. He's like, I got this. But I think
0: that's what I'm talking about, where, like, okay, I, I feel more like just an observer of things that are happening rather than I'm being taken on this journey. Like, I, I it almost was like some of those shots seemed like they would be just, like, a security cam on the <laughs> boat or something, and it's just like, because when if you're in this scenario, you probably wouldn't be like, you know, you'd, you'd come up and you'd see the boat sinking. You wouldn't be like, ah, <laughs> you would just like start swimming and try to yeah. like gather. stuff. So, you know, do what they do. So yeah. it's like, it's, I'm not saying that part's unrealistic. I was just like, is this a, is this a movie taking me on a journey? Or is this like a documentary? You know, I think
2: I, yeah, I think I can't disagree with you on the second part of the movie. And I think it's just the limitations. I feel like I'm really hammering on this point. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's not a perfect movie, but I think that the things that it does right, it, they still hold up so well to me and I I think like I really care about what this movie's trying to say especially in the first half that none of that stuff really got to me
0: what is it see but this is so confusing what is it trying to say to you masculinity criticism
2: criticism of capitalism and uh, through the lens of like masculinity in the modern time and I think that like to me like that's pretty clear that it's I shouldn't say that that's rude to say to me I (laughs) I got that sense that it's uh it's about that and like It's not like laser focused. It's not like a movie where it's like laser focused on it, but it's there for me.
0: I think that, okay, I think that that meaning can be there if you choose to interpret it that way. Mm. But I think that it's like one of these things where, you know, you're looking at a piece of modern art and it's not entirely clear what the meaning is. And so you're like, all right, I got to find something here. Oh, this little squ- squiggly square over here is uh, econo- the economy, and this is <laughs> you know left-wing politics or something. You know, so you can like put things onto it. But I feel like this movie screams to you: summer blockbuster, giant shark, watch out! Oh, smile, you son of a bitch! You know, and so it's like it's less like I I I have less of a uh, urge to interpret it in that way. But this is not me saying that. It's not that because yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally think that who wrote this movie? I didn't even write Peter Benchley and Carl. The The novel was written by Peter Benchley. He was kicked off the
2: set because he was so upset with the movie. Because <laughs> the movie well kept, there's like, a number kept, of differences. Yeah there's, well it's very different. In the book there's yeah. like the mafia is controlling Yes, <laughs> the mafia controlling the mayor. That's why they won't close oh, the beaches because they have see, that seems bought, like- a, they bought a bunch of real estate and something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that seems like there is a message in there about corruption or something. Yeah, but I think this is more like simple. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I think it, I guess it's, I don't want to take away your interpretation because I think it's valid. Yeah. I just think that it's not compelling to me. No, and know. that's
2: totally fair. And I think that themes like that uh it's either they click with you or they don't. And so it's, it's one of those things we'll have to agree to disagree.
1: With all themes aside as well, I think this movie just does a really good job of like character development, plot development, cinematography, and also I'm a big fan of John Williams, so I think that the mm. music was fantastic. We haven't
2: even talked about that. I <laughs> want to talk about it. Like, okay. okay, so there's the iconic... Dun, dun, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And that is awesome. That's, that's the super, whole soundtrack.
0: No, it's not. Just dun, 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 dun. I
2: think that's very effective. And like the way that, and like like in other parts of the movie, they make you have this sense of like, we're about to see a death. We're about to see the violence in the shark. Right. Sometimes it's a false, like when they go under the water uh, and you get the shark theme, and then it's just the head of the dude. And it's like, it's a good use of that like motif so that it can kind of train you like a Pavlovian dog totally. to feel it. But then. There is the going to adventure theme. Yes, that is like kind of (laughs) weird and dated, and it doesn't feel like it fits the tone of the movie. Like the I we already praised the moment when everyone's pouring into the town, but the music that's playing over it, I think, is the wrong choice. I think that it's like a very happy like we're having a good time, but it's like I think there should be an edge of menace. Yeah, that was so confusing to me, especially
0: because they. They cut between the shots of everyone streaming into the town and them on the phone trying to like get resources or whatever, figure totally. stuff out. Like, oh, this is frantic. We're trying to stop this horrible disaster from happening. Totally. And the music is like, totally. Same with them when they're
2: sailing in the boat and they go through the jaw in the foreground. Again, it's a very like, yeah. Yeah, it's just confusing. Yeah, I think it's a great score overall. And 6.5 out of 10. That's a little
1: low. I don't see this movie as a thriller personally. Like, when I watched it, I'm like, this is an adventure movie. It's kind of like Indiana Jones-esque almost right. for me. Mm. Um, so... With
0: less Nazis.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the shark is a Nazi. The shark <laughs> is <Nazis>. <laughs> <Conspiracy>. <laughs> yeah. um, It is time for lunch. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Um, and also, I think that the Jaws theme song, which isn't the uh, the other one, throughout the movie, I think they use the same like song but it's just catered to whatever the scene is mm. so uh, I don't know if that might have something to do with it all feeling adventure because it's the same like undertone See, underbeat.
0: So you're saying wait are you saying there is a motif other than the da 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 that repeats? Yep. See I don't even know I didn't even pick up on that. They
1: play it at Universal Studios oh. on the ride so well the ride doesn't exist anymore but it used to
0: you know in <laughs> terms of Tone. The fir- the only scene that really spoke to me on an emotional level was the scene where Quint is talking about how you know he was on the USS Indianapolis in World War II and it was sunk by torpedoes, and then there were seven hundred something men in yeah, the water, and in the morning there was and a- and they were just getting picked off by sharks, and by the end of it they were down to two hundred something, and I was like, Phew. that whole scene. I think that whole scene is masterfully executed because it starts out with them kind of like, up until that point, Hooper and Quint had been really antagonistic with each other. And that is the scene where they start kind of comparing scars and they start talking about stories and what happened to them and stuff. And then it culminates in this scene of, of Quint telling us this like harrowing traumatic story, which I think like, that's why I thought one of the other themes in this movie could have been trauma because Quint went through this horrible stuff and so did Brody. I mean, I don't know if he went through trauma, but for some reason he's afraid of water. And so it culminates in that in that story, which is like, it really spoke to me. I was like, whoa, like hundreds and hundreds of guys stuck in the water for days, yeah.
2: slowly being picked off by sharks. When you just like touch the dude next to you and he just has no yeah. legs anymore. And you're like,
0: Ooh. I was just like, oh my gosh, can you imagine? And that I was like in it in that scene. And then they start singing... And the the attack of the shark interrupts it that was the one part of the movie where I was like I'm in this if I was maybe more emotionally involved in the rest of this of, of the movie maybe I'd be crying now I don't know that's fair
2: I that seems funny I it's time for another segment of unverifiable movie legends oh uh, so okay I, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, I have no idea whether that I tra- actually started looking that up and then I like got oh okay, yeah so it's let me paint a picture Robert Shaw. He's starting to come to the end of his life. He would die two years after the release of Jaws. Uh, He's a heavy, heavy drinker at this point in his life. He's an alcoholic, and everyone on set said he was a miserable piece of shit to work (laughs) with. When he was drunk, when he was sober, he was a lovely gentleman. Oh, Uh, And so for this scene, because they're all drinking together, he decided it's a good time to get real drunk. And so they shot the scene, and he totally failed it. They tried it a bunch of times, and everyone left and was like, this is the worst scene. And he... Went home, like, cried, and in the middle of the night, he called Steven Spielberg. He's like, I need to do it again. And they're like, fine, we'll do it one more time. So, in the next day, he got one chance to do it, and on the first take, he did that take. Oh, wow. So, unverifiable
0: movie legend. Oh, okay, wait, sorry. I thought you were talking about the USS Indianapolis story. That's that. That that scene. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry. I thought you were talking about whether that historical story is real. Because I, I didn't, I didn't end up looking up. They're talking about they <laughs> delivered the bomb to Hiroshima, like
1: the uh, shark part of that. Yeah, uh, I used to research sharks a lot, and <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't own it. Own <laughs> With it. With that being
1: said, tiger sharks in particular, uh, which is the kind of shark that Quint was talking about, uh-huh. uh, they not. they would be probably the most likely shark to eat a human. Okay, um, but if there was like. Whatever, seven hundred men who are being picked off by thousands of tiger sharks. <laughs> I doubt that there would be that much murder <laughs> from the sharks because murder? they don't like the smell of blood, like the sharks killing the people.
0: There wouldn't be Eating. as many. There people There wouldn't dying. be a
1: feast. Yeah, so, there wouldn't oh, be as many. I people
0: found eat. out they don't like the smell it of blood. Tr- they don't like the smell. So this of is a blood. true
2: story. They delivered a nuke, and on their way back, they were hit by Japanese torpedoes. One thousand one hundred. It was a. Must have been if the planes yeah. took off. Okay. No, 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 no. Oh. Uh, they, okay, it doesn't matter. But the ship <laughs> was hit by a Japanese torpedo and sunk. Original one thousand one hundred ninety six man crew. At the end of the day, after all the sharks had attacked, only three hundred seventeen remain. Ooh.
1: Oh wow! So there's some
2: of them aren't from shark deaths. It's the shark deaths are apparently a few dozen to one hundred and fifty. The rest are the rest probably f- from the torpedoes. The rest from manta
0: rays.
1: <laughs> there was a nasty manta ray bite. <laughs> yeah,
0: manta rays just like rammed them and break them into small pieces so they can fill. Yeah. They they eat plankton, guys. <laughs> Do you know about manta rays? Not much. A little bit. I would love. Well, they don't. They don't have
1: stingers. Stingers.
2: That's stingrays.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> right? But manta rays are huge and they feed on plankton like oh, whales. that's cute. cute. So maybe they, you know they could like pulverize the sailors to bits and then kind of filter feed them through the Well that's so the only sh- way I, I can think, think. they're
2: so sharp they would just slice them in half.
0: Fit <laughs> their wings. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see a horror movie like a jaws analog but about Razor-bladed like a, a mutant <laughs> manta ray with freaking laser beams on its head. Heck yeah, I'm in. I'm
1: in. The sea flap flap. That's what they that's call it? The
2: sea flap flap. <laughs> <laughs> the mis- so I think the effects in this movie are pretty good. There's like a couple moments of bad sharks, mm. but there's two moments that I think are particularly bad. And the one is the autopsy, the fake arm that he picks up. Oh yeah? I think that one it's like a clearly a rubber arm. And apparently they were gonna use that in the first scene when the girl's been disfigured. Or like, and it's just that. Uh but Siemens Spielberg thought it was so bad that he actually buried a crew member in the sand and had her real arm stick out. Oh really? That's why that looks way better than the second time. Oh, interesting. But the other one. Is when the tiger shark is hanging, and it's the one you think is originally Jaws, uh, the way, and it's kind of like a weird angle. Right. And it, there was a shot of its eye that looked super fake, and I was like, "That's a terrible fake shark."
1: And I found out it's a real shark. They <laughs> <I> shipped <laughs> it from Mexico oh, yeah. to wow. be on set. Sharks don't look
2: like that. Far enough into decomposition that all its organs got like sl- like d- detached and then slid into right basically where its mouth was. So it oh, just geez. stank like decomposition. Oh
0: wow! I was gonna because I, I thought that shark lo- looked really
2: good. I was like, "Whoa!" You yeah, have better eye than me, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That eye is so fake."
0: <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> I could make a better tiger shark than that.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, the head in the boat. What did you guys think about that special effects? That, that was like a legitimate jump scare for me. Wait, which? Oh, wait.
2: underwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, when the yeah. head
1: when the head came out and it had one missing eyeball. Well,
0: I don't know how to judge that because apparently, you know, human bodies can look really freaking weird when they are like swell up with water yeah. like that and when they're, when they're corpses. So I don't know. I was like, eh, I'm not going like to like that. It's pretty quick too. But it's a great moment. Oh, I was like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> I definitely jump scared.
2: I jump scared.
1: I jump scared. <laughs> what about you, David? Did you jump scared? I
2: definitely jump scared. I mean, I, I've seen this movie enough that I, I know what's coming, but it's still like...
1: <gasps> Wait,
0: how many times have you seen this movie?
2: Five, six times. <laughs> what do you mean? I usually, we had to study this in film school. Oh. Oh, okay. five times.
0: Yeah, probably like see once, this is this is the yeah. type of this is the type of movie that I would never bother seeing if we didn't do it for the podcast. Really Yeah, and maybe that's you why my scores so low because I'm like ah, I had to watch Jaws. I was like I was like we suggested it and I was kind of like, all right, this sounds interesting. It's a classic. I should probably educate myself and yeah. that's that's why I said yes, really. But I wasn't like stoked.
2: Were you stoked to see this the first time you saw it? No, it actually grew on me. The more I watched it, the more I appreciated those like little details that we've kind of touched on. Mm. Um, oh, so and that's so that makes a lot
0: more sense why you're like, this is what the movie's about. It makes complete sense. That this totally. is the thematic story there. Yeah. Because you've you've had time to digest it. A hundred percent. If it was yeah. the first time,
2: and I think that for me, that's maybe why it actually works is that the first time you watch it, especially in 1975, it would be just such a rush. You'd right. You'd be like, holy crap, shark people dying everywhere. <laughs> Um, so much and, so that people and, went out and killed sharks yeah exactly uh and then there's also like compared to most blockbusters today there's a lot more substance there and i think like you're not wrong in saying that like they they could have done a better job presenting those themes but the fact that they're there compared to like captain marvel or like justice league or whatever you're saying that because you think captain marvel is the worst mcu i wouldn't say it's the worst but it's in the bottom okay i haven't seen it it's not good all right um but like just i don't know what's like the most hollywood blockbuster furious 13 fast and furious 13 (laughs) yeah i guess so when you compare jaws to that there's so much more to digest in jaws Compared to that kind of movie. Is there? Absolutely. Fast and
0: Furious is about family. <laughs> it's
2: about food. <film. laughs> I haven't seen a single Fast and Furious movie. You're missing out, man. They're great. They're I, not. They're I, fine. They're fine.
0: I, no, I get what you're saying. Like, uh, this this definitely, yeah. I mean, I can imagine going to see this in the... Well, this is the thing. I, I wasn't alive in 1975. I don't have context for yeah. what else was kind of around at that time. Although, I know the first Star Wars came out two years later. But... I, I, I've heard that this is one of the first movies where people went in they were like,
2: what? I didn't know movies could be this. Well, yeah, this was like the kind of movie that transitioned us out of the new Hollywood era, which is probably one like Hollywood and American popular films were at their best. It's like Godfather, Taxi Driver, like films mm. that are like Amazing films that we still appreciate today and this was kind of the start into blockbuster because you're right like the next big blockbuster was Star Wars But right. is fine, but that's moving us towards our Captain Marvel's right right and this feels space, like, space space. Yeah and final frontier <laughs> uh, This feels like it's a good middle ground where it's getting some of the the good elements of new Hollywood and some of the elements of blockbuster and putting them together and I, that's what I think hmm. in conclusion to my video essay. (laughs) Uh, That's why I think I like this movie, is that it feels like it's marrying those two worlds in a way that we don't get anymore.
0: Hmm. I have a question about um, the tendency in American movies to paint capitalists as the bad guys. This is very confusing to me, because, okay, clearly this guy, who is driven more by profit motive than by, you know, the uh, concern for his fellow man, he's clearly the bad guy, and this is a very common thing In American movies, especially blockbusters. But this is so confusing to me because, like, for a large segment of America, capitalism is part of what it means to be American.
2: But I think most people would think that, like, healthy capitalism doesn't look like that. It looks Mm. like it's balanced and has compassion for those in need. Right. Even though, I don't really want to get too far into it, even though that hasn't really historically been the case. Right. And so I think there's always, like, a sweet spot of, like, there's nothing wrong with capitalism, but capitalism as it exists with greed as its main factor has turned into this uh, no value for human life version of itself.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that, that that's interesting. I mean, I, I, I thought that the response to this would be that that the problem isn't necessarily that the guy has this greed for profit. The problem is that he lacks a sense of responsibility and moral, you know, sense for sure. And so you need to have that in order for capitalism to work. But it still is very strange to me that, like, because that, that subtlety doesn't really come across in narratives like this. Yeah. Like well, you watch a narrative like this, and you're like, oh, trying to have your business be successful is bad. Oh well, <laughs> at the cost <laughs> of at the cost yeah. of losing people to a shark potentially. You know? Yeah.
1: Um, you kind of see his like lack of sympathy uh, quite a few times throughout the movie. Who, uh, wait, who's th- the the mayor? Oh, okay, yeah. Um, the first time was when everybody's on the beach on the 4th of July and nobody's going in the water. And so he goes over to that couple and is like, <laughs> it's mm, nobody's in the water. We need you to go in the water. Yeah. And like- yeah.
0: Um, I'm like thinking in that moment, I'm like, how are you going to feel when someone dies, dude? (laughs) Jeez. Uh,
1: And then the second time he tried to show sympathy when Brody was at the hospital with his son and he's talking about how we must close the beaches. This is very important. And he's like, you know, my son was in the water, too.
2: Yeah. Mm. Totally.
1: I, yeah, I think it's those yeah, little He's like, those, "Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know yeah. exactly how you feel." Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. It's those little things that I think are so good. Like, yeah, I love that moment when he goes to his crony and he's like, "Crony, into the water, we need you to go." Excuse me, Crony? <laughs> crony. Yeah. One of my favorite moments in the entire movie is when the mom of the kid who was eaten comes to him and she's still wearing her her like veil, like the whatever they wear in the funeral. What is it called? The black yeah, veil. I think yeah, it's yeah, a veil. Yeah, I yeah. veil. And she like she walks up to him, slaps him, yeah. and is like, you knew there was a shark and he takes responsibility i think like that's a good point about this kind of whole situation that this movie makes is that yes he wanted to close the beaches but he didn't stand up mm. for it and so he is responsible for the death of that kid yeah. that he's and that if you don't stand up to the corruptions of capitalism you're complicit to them
0: you know what maybe would have seen made that arc uh, like solidify that for me a little bit is is having a moment of reflection for him where he like or has a conversation with somebody where he says something along those lines, because mm. like as it is, we see him initially cave to the demands of the business people, and then see him, you know, once once the the shark almost kills his kid, um, we see him like finally say to Vaughn, like, "Listen, man, enough's enough. You got to sign this thing." But I almost thought in that moment too, it's less of him changing. Course and more like Vaughn just gives in because Mm -hmm. he's like shell shocked. He's like, oh my gosh I I told everyone to get in the water and this happened. Um, So I I really would have liked some sort of scene where we see reflection on his part and that's why that, one more time that's why that scene with the kid with his own kid where he's mirroring what he's doing uh, seems like such a lost opportunity to me because that is like an intimate moment where something like that could have happened but instead it's just like you're doing what I'm doing. Hey, get out of here.
2: <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I think that's one of the biggest strengths and flaws of this movie is that it leaves a lot of room for you to participate and right. kind of infer what you want out of it. Uh, and that's great because like you can kind of see so many different meetings. but then you also have that where like if you're not really wanting to participate in that way, it just means nothing. It's just flash all substance or no substance. Mm.
0: I think that the combination of that thing that you're talking about where it kind of like leaves you to like fill in some of the blanks and the contextual sort of 1970s style filmmaking where it's less of like a, we're, we're taking you exactly on this journey and and more just kind of like we're planting the camera here and a bunch of stuff's happening. Um, sort of like environmental storytelling, Sort that's not, that's not what it's called, but you know what I mean. Where like passive camera sort of like, and then things are happening in the scene. I think the combination of those two things really just kind of, I don't know, confused me or... or didn't let me get involved enough to the point where I could where I could get behind this movie
2: 100%. Totally fair. Would you say though to someone who's never seen it that it's worth watching?
0: Ah, oh, that's a tough one. Cause like it's obviously a classic. It's obviously has a very important part in in Western pop culture. There's so many references to this movie in so many other media. It's it's ridiculous. So I don't know. I would say watch it if you really care about your, you know, movie education. But if you're, like, looking for a really good time,
2: (laughs) you can probably safely skip it, in my opinion. What about you, Sarah? Would you say it's worth watching in 2020?
1: Absolutely. I think it is a cult classic. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) neither. And also, like, with that being said, there's so many movies that have tried to replicate it. Mm. So many shark movies in particular. (laughs) Like, you see The Meg, which kind of tried to, Uh, harbor that same fear of Jaws. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Was it good? No, it was terrible. (laughs) It was honestly one of the worst movies I've ever watched. Oh, wow. Next to Tusk. Anyways. Oh, dang. Um, Bashing Tusk. And then there's movies like The Shallows or 47 Meters Down where Mm. they're using sharks that are legitimate sharks right. that you would see in the water but still like oh sharks kill humans and we're putting a human in a really terrifying place right. next to sharks like <laughs> you could be put in this position you should be scared of sharks right right, right. um so if you want to watch a good shark movie watch Jaws
2: <laughs> okay I would re- I would also highly recommend it especially if you care about like the history of cinema and you like older films? It's absolutely worth watching. Even if you don't, I think it's worth giving a shot. You'll know pretty quick if you you like it or you don't. You can just turn it off. That's the joy of uh, movies today. You know what I think you could
0: watch instead of this movie? What's that? Just just go back and watch some of the classic Street Sharks TV series.
2: I agree. That was awesome, man. Nineties were such a good time for. Did cartoons. you have any of the action figures? I did. I had the Hammerhead. Oh heck yeah, dude! <laughs> it was so sick.
0: I had like one. I had one where you put your hand. It's like a puppet. Oh yeah. It's I like remember a rub- that one. big rubber puppet, puppet, but it's got giant muscle yeah. muscle arms. Yeah. So you could be like like you could like if you swing your arm like this, it could punch.
1: <laughs> That's
0: amazing. <laughs> oh man. Street sharks was awesome. It was so sick.
1: Do you think the people who made Sharknado thought <laughs> that it was gonna be like Jaws?
2: No, I think no. They, they know what they're making. They <laughs> no. they have, they know their market and they're nailing. <laughs> they know exactly Same with, what like, they're doing like the Megan stuff. They don't think they're making art. They, what they know was, what they're making. What
0: was the what was this did you guys see any of the Shark No. I, I tried
1: to. Oh really? Yeah, it was not worth it. Yeah, I <laughs> thought I clips. I think I saw
0: a clip from the second one where like the shark has tentacles or something. It's so messed up. Oh, it yeah. looks disgusting.
2: Yeah, bird demic and but, stuff. All those oh,
1: my gosh, Birdemic. oh my gosh, bird demic. Oh my gosh.
2: They're fun to watch. I think those are good to watch in groups, but they're uh, I would recommend Jaws over those.
1: Yeah, me too.
2: So what are we going to do next week? Actually, we know what we're going to do next week. We do? Yeah, Spaceballs. Oh, oh, I'm so jealous. Oh,
1: sorry, Sarah. <laughs> Damn, I love Spaceballs. It's a
0: space man's balls. movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my> Spaceballs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I see your Schwartz uh, is as big as space mine. Spaceballs, the lunchbox. Spaceballs, the flamethrower. <laughs> I'm excited for that. I'm so excited. Hey. Well,
1: you're like a Star Wars fan, right?
2: I am. I've seen
0: Spaceballs a number of times, yeah. but yeah, it's not... I, I guess I really, I do appreciate it because of the... Uh,
2: we'll save it for next week. Oh, okay. that's content that's for the content. podcast.
0: Hey, if you want to pick up on all that juicy, sweet, sweet, good, good content, you know how it is, then, <laughs> then subscribe to this podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter. What does James usually say? I don't know what the normal things are. Follow uh, us on Twitter. Leave a review. Yeah, why not? Uh, give us a like. Yeah. Uh, tell,
2: tell at least three friends...
1: That you, you love your, them. Email that you yeah. love them.
2: Email your aunt right now that you haven't talked to in a couple months. <laughs> say, I really miss you. I wish we could talk more. Thank you.
0: Yes. And I'm sorry I didn't call it more often. Yeah,
2: exactly. Your grandma, too. Call your grandma. Thank yeah.
0: you for the fruit basket. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Love you so much. Thank you so much. We'll see you in the next one.
1: Oh. Did it, did it. Da, da. <laughs> there we go. <laughs>